Good morning, some people's kids. We got youth pastors catching hands with other youth pastors. Catch these hands. That's what the kids say today. My name's Ian with my brother Andrew. Just let just let him know I showed up late today. Oh yeah, guys. I showed up like 40 minutes, 50 I, minutes, and almost you know an hour his, late. His discipline is to take over, and because we have limited time to record, he is going to record his own episode. Oh, yeah, that's my punishment. Coming out on Thursday. Uh, we're see how so that goes. today we're talking about security in youth ministry. Security. Why do you even need it? Security. Call Why security. should you be thinking about it? Security. We're gonna be talking about that ding, today. Ding, 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 ding. Security. Uh, we need security over here, please. Andrew needs also security. He's on vacation. I am on vacation. That's why I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I was like, this is work. This is work. I don't. I'm not doing what this. Is, what is this? You're not the boss of me, Ian. I know. I'm out. I don't know if you'd ever. I. Do you ever, every time you go on vacation, every time you take a vacation, is the question that has to come, that has to follow up is, are you going anywhere? No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm a poor youth pastor. Money you like think that? I'm going somewhere? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to the grocery store, going to the gym more. No, I'm not. Actually, I had slept in the other day. I was like, no, I'm not. I, I ran a bunch when Dude, I was on vacation. You've got, I got to confront you about that sin of running, man. The sin of running. We're just jamming to this song. I ran seven miles twice, and then my body, my metabolism jumped, just leaped into the sky. Do you think I'm in the minority of, no, I can't be, because it's, America would be in better shape. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the minority. you're in the minority. Ran seven miles. Yeah, buddy. Over at Bowl and Pitcher. It was amazing. I'm proud of you. Over at Bowl and Pitcher. For those of you that don't know, Bowling Pitcher is like a state park here. It is not it's gorgeous. Flat. <laughs> it is awesome. It's a gorgeous place. It's not flat. No, not at all. The first two miles are uphill. Drastic. Yeah, that's drastic. Dumb. Ian, that's uphill. just dumb. No, that's not dumb. dumb. That's why you're in amazing shape. You're a beautiful man. I try. So we're talking security today. That's right. First of all, why? Why, why would we talk about that? Which is a great question. Yeah. Because I asked it and earlier. Andrew posed earlier when I told him that that was our topic today. And he's like, why? Why, why are we because, talking about this? Because so, so j- j- just to clarify, you have really thought this out. Yeah. This is on your radar, on your heart. I train my leaders. You, you have trainings. You coach them up on this. This is on your heart. We, we have had security detail in our ministries, but it's not something that, and even our elders are aware of this, it's not something that our church takes very serious. And from hindsight, well, you know, from someone just comparing where we do ministry, you you would seem to be in a much safer area than we are. Yeah. So you would think we have it dialed in, which we don't. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but why? And we, we were talking about that. And I, I think for, there's going to be youth ministries that have it, you know, you might be listening to this and go, man, Ian has that really thought out. And you might go, and then someone else might listen to it. Go, oh, Ian hasn't thought of, about it enough. So Ian's really going to lead on some of the practical practical side of the conversation on this. But we thought it was really important to have the why first. Why should this be on your radar? And 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 I I think we both agreed it's a shepherding thing. It, yeah. It's it, so so why Ian is it so close to your heart, and and why why should we have this on our radar? You know, when Andrew first told me, like, hey, why? I was like, why not? 
<laughs> let me return your question with a question, let sir. Let me ex- excuse me. Like these. I raise your why to a nut. Why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, that was good. I'm going to keep that uh, yeah. one. Uh, but here you got. You are in charge of these kids, and the the parents are trusting you with these children. And security is one of those. Like I just don't trust this world. <laughs> it's probably good. Yeah. And uh, we so we need to come up with plans so that if something goes wrong, we we are able to respond in a way that. Or in your situation, when something goes wrong. When something goes wrong, yeah. that. Uh, we are able to respond in such a way that the stu- that the leaders are all on the same page and we know how each other are going to respond so we can rely on each other to keep the kids safe. It, I want these kids to go home the same way they came here and hopefully better. Uh, hopefully better than when they came for some of these kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think this is a, a prime opportunity for us to, to be – can't we make youth group, and this could be a trigger phrase or some a safe place. Yeah, like, I yeah. want it to be a place that is students feel safe at home, and uh, this is like there are no worries when they come to Southside Youth Ministry. Yeah, no, I I think that's exactly right in the sense of, you know, we are th- th- this is a shepherding question um, that again isn't on a lot of our radars, but but it really should be, and I, I felt convicted as we were talking about it before we started recording. That man, I, I, you know, our church has been talking, our elders have been talking about tapping some people to to start really bringing security to the forefront. We had a security team for a while, and then COVID hit, and then some of those uh, members had left the church. Um, but you're going to have people who come to your church who, again, some of you might be in a setting where it's like, well, we only have four kids, and, you know, we're in the country, and we don't really have inner city maybe risks like you hear of some of some situations um but again to your point people are sinful so you never know uh you 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 know you you bring four students plus another two leaders or six people who could maybe make a mistake at some point and we're all broken people in the business of broken people somebody could have a rage day Mm -hmm. or they're hangry yeah and they just don't handle it well and we got to walk through that you need security when i'm hangry Yes. Yes. And it, 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 that security might be titled Pizza Hut, but you need to be to have that security. Um, but no, so I think um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Praise the Lord that it's not a sponsor. I'd be huge because I don't run seven miles. Um, but uh, I think one of the reasons why. So so both of us, as we were talking about this, have experienced um, dynamics with homeless people uh, coming into ministries. And if that's known about your ministry, that you're in an area where uh, homeless live, and and you have a chance that they might come in, you know, come into your uh, ministry on a Wednesday night or a Monday night or a Sunday night, whenever you have it, there's going to be parents and families who ask, "How do I know my kid is going to be safe?" Um, I know when I first started, uh, we we had a lot of kids from the inner city neighborhood and and there was known for fights sometimes and and cuss words and things like that and some parents always had the question how do i know my kid is going to be safe how are you keeping my kids safe and i i think that might be a trigger word for some people like you know making youth ministry a safe place but there is a dynamic of 
hey, these parents are trusting you with their kids, the most precious thing in this world to them, yeah. for an hour to two hours yeah. or sometimes a week. Like when we do our um, ministry, even again, you know, one episode we're going to have is about details, um, why details matter. Um, we we did our ministry event a week long downtown in Spokane, and we the kids stayed on our on on the property, and there were a lot of questions about security. How do when the when the kids are sleeping, you know, separate areas for boys and girls, how do we know that the girls are not only safe because we've put them in a spot where there's you know it's higher up so no one can look in and it's you know on the second or third floor of the building and but how do we know they're safe in case someone breaks in right so we had a, a dad you know every night stay the night and be security detail for that night because um just in case they needed to get a hold of someone there they knew exactly where that dad's room was it was a dad of one of the girls in the youth group so they felt even safer about that um and and so um, and the you know background checks are always like like talk about security, yeah. background checks. You you need your your church your church's insurance policy is going to have something on that. Yeah. Um. It may be something to say at the beginning is your church should have something in regards to its insurance that has things on security and background. You don't think about this much. Background checks is a security. Yeah. You 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 do the background checks now. They're limited too. But um, your volunteers need to get vetted. They need their background checks um, for security purposes as well. But um, in regards to, to the why, I think, you know, it, it's a shepherding question. It's, it's a caring for the flock you've been entrusted with. And, and going those extra, that extra step of saying, hey, we care about your kids and we know that you care about your kids so we're going to try to answer these questions of security. And you need to be like, here's the thing. If a parent comes and says, hey, I know this is a little bit of a rougher neighborhood. Um, how do you, how, how, what, what's your plan? You should probably be equipped for an answer. Um, and then if you're not in a, you know, inner city area or an urban setting, um, you should probably be at least prepared for like fire escape drills be prepared for in case there is um yeah. you know evacuation just, plans yeah yeah that. things like that so but i think ian you you've got a lot of practical things you've worked through um with your team so if i'm an if, if if i'm a youth pastor that hasn't thought about this and and it's like you know what i really think i should um you know you've got the tragic i think it was in south carolina there was a tragic shooting um in a church of a bible study um you know where some people died like where would where should i start what should i start with if if i'm a i brought that up because you just never yeah. know you just so, never know when that's gonna happen so let me talk to you as if you're a leader that just joined my ministry and what i'm going to do is i'm i always talk through the different kinds of there's different dynamics when it comes to having a uh different threat levels i guess you would say uh, you've got your things that are more often than not going to happen. Then you have your things that might probably will happen. And then you have your things that are like probably not going to happen, but we're going to prepare for. Yeah. Um, so in my time of being a youth pastor, I've had uh, I've had to f- wrestle down a student who is trying to uh, hurt 
or maim another student. I've had um, a I've had plenty of homeless folks walk in um, looking for handouts. Just and I'll explain a little bit more and go into details on those. And then I also had um, active or uh, people suspected to have guns outside the youth ministry and prowling about. So we had to uh, go into lockdowns with that. Um, so one of the more funnier situations that has happened is one of my favorites. And, uh, and what I, what I generally will do when I, before I get into that story is when I have a conversation with the leader talking about like, Hey, this is what I expect from you. Um, I always end up on the position of security. And what I do is your job as a male or female leader depends on uh, your gender, actually, because uh, not for any specific or particular reason, but it gives people and I know what my job is. And that's what everybody kind of wants to do when like it always makes things easier when you know if I know what my job is, then I know I can complete it and I don't have to ask questions of where do I fit in in a given situation. So my guys know that unless you are a particularly uh, like trained on security, so I've got some leaders who have received extra bonus training, they're on the security team, or they've been around and know how the security works because they've been through different security events, uh, then you just have to worry about doing this one task. So as a male, so Andrew, you're a new leader in my ministry. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to ask you to do is that if there is a security threat, whether that's two kids fighting, a homeless person walks in, or whatever the case is, this security threat is happening. I need you to be aware of what's going on in the room at all times. Be looking around. That's that's part of your job because you're looking for students who are on the you know up against the walls. You got their wallflowers. You're looking for your, those kids that are new. You're looking for the kids that are part of your group just so you can encourage them and love them. So you're being aware of the space. And then you're going to see, oh, here, let's just take this, this one situation in particular. This homeless guy walks in and he passes the check-in counter and he just walks right in. Your job as a, as a leader is to either engage with that person, but if he's being engaged with other leaders, then you're creating a barrier around the threat. And, mm -hmm. like, obviously this homeless person is not necessarily a threat. But we don't know the person and we don't know what his intentions are. Sure. He just sure. walked in. So our job is to keep the kids safe because they're our number one priority. So you create a barrier. So what the if you are a student, you're seeing this. You're seeing randomly, and you're way more observant than a natural student. Uh, you're seeing these male leaders starting to create a barrier between the threat and the students themselves. The female leaders, their job is to take students within near the threat to the other side of the, the barrier the barrier being the male leaders because the idea is if this person were to break from those engaging with him to make them to go farther in, there's mm -hmm. somebody on the background, somebody yep. to be able to engage with that. And then the females are being able to take these students away to a safer position, uh, are able to talk with them and handle whatever is going on with the students mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, those who like so here's here's this situation in particular. This dude comes in. His name's Mike. He's been around. Mike. Good old shout Mike. out Mike, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. No, that would be interesting. Uh Mike comes in and I was playing the guitar and this uh because I was the worship leader at the time for the youth ministry. So I was pre prepping my the worship 
team that I was with to get yep. the worship done that night. And this guy walks in past the check-in counter and two of my leaders immediately see what's happening and engage him in conversation. Yeah. And uh, the goal is to get him outside the door as fast as possible. Right. It's all about separation. Right. When it comes to security, separation is always key. Yeah. Now, we're not going to, you know, you don't get to physically push this person off of, you know, we're not going to, because that, that is a liability on your part. Right. So we had to convince him that is it's better for him to not be in this room. because And part of that is, you always get this all the time, is like, I thought this was a church and aren't you supposed to be loving and caring? We're a business. And our business is Jesus. Right. And that business, because we're talking to the world, so we're going to gauge the world with a world in their worldview. Welcome to the business. Uh, we are here to, like, you. we would love for you to be here. This is not your time to be served. Right. Your time to be served is another time. So right now, like, that's come to Saturday to our food bank where we'd love to feed you. Come to Sunday for church. We'd love to see you there. But right now, we're doing youth ministry, and you're not a youth. Yeah. So you don't fit the demographic that we're trying to serve right now. So then this guy comes in and he goes, I need to be up on that stage. You know who told me? Jesus Christ. Do you believe me? And I look him dead in the <laughs> eye because I was like, hey, my name's Ian. You know, yeah. I'm the youth yeah. pastor here. And he tells me that. And I'm like, and I look him dead in the eye and go, I think he told you to come on Sunday. And he goes, oh, you're right. And he <laughs> turned around awesome. and left. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I follow him out and I have somebody follow me out as a, as a number two. He's a part right. of my security team. He's ghosting me as I engage with the conflict. I walk outside. The guy's like, why is everybody fronting on me? He's getting all up in my face. And I explain to him, well, we'd love for you to come, but tonight's a youth group. And you're right. not right. You're a right. parent of any of the kids, and you're not a youth. And he goes, right. oh, that makes sense. So something that we that I always challenge my leaders in is called verbal judo. Because we're not going to cause a liability where we're physically in a physical altercation unless – it rises to the occasion, but that's right. That's right. Extremely rare. We always want to de-escalate. Right. And escalation is not punching a dude in the face. That's right. not going to de-escalate the situation. Well, it depends on the situation, but uh, for this, for <laughs> we this, do not recommend <laughs> punching anyone in the face. Yeah, some people's kids does not condone punching people in the face. Uh, <laughs> we're going to use verbal judo to de-escalate a situation to talk people down. And to invite them, hey, why don't you join me outside? Why don't you come with me? Always directing them, showing them out in that direction mm -hmm. so that we can separate them from the students. If I can get them outside, I have security team members who are part of the security team who are with me telling this uh, individual that it's time for them to leave. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had more confrontational homeless people who have come by and who have, like, been more aggressive. In that case, I there's a there's a time and a place, and there, and to engage with them, and there if they're being too confrontational, mm -hmm. I've just separated myself. We've locked the doors. Yeah, I call the police. They come in and they handle the situation. Yeah, and part of that is like, hey, you can't put hands on me. I'm not moving. It's like, well, then I'll call somebody who can put hands <laughs> on you. And there's people with some flashy lights. Yes, and yeah. they typically will then check in on the door because I'm standing by the door on the phone. And they will be able to know whether or not that was my wife. That was phone. amazing timing. Yeah. On the phone. On the phone. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> uh, but there's that opportunity for them to know that, like, they see me following through with what I've told them to do. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to call the police. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Then they probably start leaving, and then the, the police will show up, and there's nobody there. I, 
I think that though to that's an important note though as we were talking about before is that you know it's you're you have been blessed to be at a church that has a lot of resources. Yes, that's very true. And and there's not not every pastor, youth pastor, church youth leader has that. And so you know if you're you know you you could be a youth pastor of twelve kids, and only you know it's just you and two other leaders. So that situation of the barricade you were talking yeah. about may not be practical. But you just mentioned something that can be helpful if you if you catch yourself in a situation is. You can call the cops. Yeah. You can call the police is, and get help. And they know what to, like, they, the cops are, you can say, hey, and this is something to keep in mind. Always say, hey, I'm a youth ministry charged with kids. They will but be over there. They'll be over there fast. Super quick. Be quick. Because, quack, super quack. Yeah. Because you're mentioning you have students there in the, there, yeah. their go the kids are a priority. Yeah. So they'll, they'll definitely and, make that up. And you priority. also said something really important too, that, um. And Your number not, one yeah. job as the youth pastor is to pastor youth, is to be the shepherd of youth. If you have a homeless individual coming in, it is healthy and good that your heart goes straight towards compassion. Yeah. But you need to balance that with saying, we do not have the resources to minister to you right now, as you just said. So here in, in, in Spokane, there are ministries that are equipped to they only focus on homeless or drug addiction or recovery of, of addiction. And those ministries are a good opportunity for you to direct them to. I know in our setting, we actually have, uh, you know, when we have homeless come, usually they're just looking for food. So usually at a youth group event, you have food of some capacity, give them some food, and most likely they're on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have ministries that you know, hey, you're looking for a place to stay, you know, for us, it's Union Gospel Mission. Go that route. But I think, again, you know, what's great about this conversation, and I'm glad we had it, is know your setting. Have conversations with your senior pastor, your elders, um, you know, whoever. maybe you have an office administrator, um, an executive pastor who's dealing with the insurance side of things. Do we have protocols? Do we have things in place that we need to try to accomplish? Um, in the, in the case of an emergency, oh, the music's on. It's off. It's coming back. It's hanging out. It's, what's it, my what's phone it doing? is absolutely freaking out. <laughs> um, so I, I think secure again. Again, going back to why talk about it because we're shepherding. We're shepherds, and we, we need to know how to care for our flock that we've been entrusted with. Uh, minister too and and ian I, I love how you've thought this out it's convicting to me i haven't thought it out very well well we're um, just i just trust my the surface i just trust my big physique to scare somebody but there you go yeah it doesn't always happen I there's, there's a lot more to say about it so we can talk more about and it and there's resources out there yeah there's resources out there um and uh and and you can call your local uh, police department, um, and, and they'd probably be more than willing to help give you training on some stuff. And um, but yeah, it's that's one of those things. Like we were talking off air, we, I don't think about a lot. Ian does, and that's why it's youth pastors walking alongside youth pastors. Yeah, guys, this is some people's kids, some youth pastors throwing hands with other youth pastors. We just appreciate you guys being able to engage with this. Can you do the bag? No. Oh, man. I can't do that. I saw a TikTok or something where the guy was just like, this older guy you wouldn't expect. Just, I mean, insane. Those guys are legends. 
We'll see you guys next time. Get ready for next th- this Thursday's episode, Andrew Special. Andrew Special. I don't even know what that's going to be. Good luck. Da-da-da. Da-da-da.